Hi, everyone, and welcome to the August 11th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. Few people have access to as much sales data as my guest today, from average transaction prices to sales velocity to the average monthly payment and dealer margins. He's here to break it all down. And he tells us why cars are hot. Yes, cars are hot. We'll hear all about that and more when I speak with J.D. Power Canada's Senior Manager of Automotive Practice, Robert Carwell, on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Robert, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. It's been too long. Thanks, Greg. It has. It has. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Um, I know that because of the Canada Day holiday and some vacations last month, mid-year numbers were a little delayed on a lot of fronts, even with automakers reporting sales, for example. So I wanted to catch up with you on all these topics. But let's start with, generally speaking, where did the industry finish at the midway point when compared with a year ago? It's, it's a great question, Greg, and it's a good time to review. And you'll be surprised, and, and the listeners might be surprised by, by some of my feedback here, but the, the best way to describe the new vehicle market in Canada is there's surprising resilience. Performance is pretty good. I'm not going to get into you know, just counting abs- absolute um, uh, sales or, or registrations, but rather looking at the performance dynamics of, uh, of the marketplace. So uh, believe it or not, transaction pricing is still up this year, first half versus last year, not by nearly as much as we've been doing. But taking that into context, uh, you know, double digit price growth in vehicle pricing in, um, in 2021 and, and 2022, and we're still up about 3% uh, th- this year is uh, is pretty surprising we know we know sales are up we thus calculate consumer expenditure and canadians are spending more money on new vehicle purchase this year than last year by the time we reach the end of this year it looks like it's going to be substantially more like it's going to be a few billion dollars more like we're not not measuring this in, in hundreds of millions but it's going to be a few billion dollars more part of that is more uh supply People can get uh, what they want, a little bit of pullback, thus out of the used vehicle market back into the primary or the new vehicle market. But also the fact that transaction pricing is still uh, going up because we still have uh, quite uh, a heady mix of vehicles that manufacturers are, are building and, and shipping to um uh, to dealers that keeps that transaction price high. That's despite you know incentives going up, and and we'll we'll, we'll probably get to that uh, in a moment. Yep. Uh, so it's it's just it's surprising resilient. And Greg, I'll also also just give you these couple of uh, of highlights here too. June month alone, we hit the second highest input cost to dealers so far this year. We hit the second highest uh, vehicle price this year. And we had the second fastest retail velocity or days to turn. And dealer front-end margin is rock steady. And, and, and it's it's quite good in, in the high fives. It, it is off of peak, but it's not coming down anymore so far this year. So that, that's why in totality, you know, we're saying that there is surprising slash shocking resilience to the performance of the vehicle market in Canada. And it's very good. So let's talk about those numbers. Let's start with transaction price. So what is the latest 
data set tell you? What is the transaction price right now? Uh, so total market in Canada, we're just under 50,000 net of incentives. So we're, we're hovering in about that $49,500 range, up about, like I said, about three, roughly 3% uh, from uh, last last year, uh, incentives are at uh, about uh, just over four thousand dollars. So w- well up versus um, the two and a half to three we were doing at this point uh, last year. Hearing those numbers, you'd say, okay, well we're in a spot of trouble here. Like we're 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 past peak, and clearly we're on that on that roller coaster. You know now now going downhill. That's what you'd think if you look at that number. But the more important question to ask is, is why? Why did incentives go up so fast in such a short period of time? And very simply put, this is almost entirely a reaction to what the Bank of Canada has done to control inflation and just out of control inflation in Canada. So as interest rates rose by over, I think, over 525 basis points now, over the last 15 uh, months, incentive costs have gone up simply from the fact that uh, manufacturers have been absorbing some of that increase just because it, it was a it was a very large increase in a very short period of time. So they've been absorbing some of that because they know what's going to happen to payments as a result, and just trying to keep some semblance of payment. Uh, they're still going up. They're not skyrocketing. They're just, they, they kind of go up in, in lockstep by trying to amortize those sudden interest rate changes over a longer period of time and, and absorbing some of it for consumers. That heaps on costs for them because costs of borrowing keep rising. That's why incentives rose so much. It's, it's a reaction to the Bank of Canada's actions. It's not so much a reaction to a drop off in demand gotcha. uh, because of an economy that's turning south. And that's the key difference with this, uh, with, with this uh, climb in, uh, in incentives. Where do monthly payments stand then? Uh, I, I think the last time I talked to you, they're almost at $800 a month or so. Just where are monthly payments right now? There were total market. We're about eight seventy five. Uh, we're up about a hundred dollars a month versus uh, same point last year. Most of that is because of increases in uh, financing. Lease payments are up as well. Ironically, they're actually not up as much, even though leasing as a as a purchase methodology for consumers. Uh, has fallen to be the the least popular way for a Canadian to acquire a, a new car. Uh, lease payments are did not increase as much as finance payments. It's mostly there, and you know some. If, if you peel back the onion, some of the reason why is uh, that that large uh, you know full size truck contingent in Canada. Don't forget, Greg. You know second largest retail segment in Canada. And most of those trucks are, are over a thousand bucks a month on a finance payment. Thus, that is driving. It still continues to drive the uh, the average at at about uh, uh, eight seventy five. I, I wanted to address that because people they like the big numbers in the headline. The big numbers are scary, but they don't always tell the whole story. Are automakers still at this point selling or focusing on the high margin vehicles? that they can put microchips in because there's still a shortage? And are they focusing on the large trucks for now and foregoing the low, small margins on smaller vehicles? 
I, I think where we are right now, just kind of ending the first half is, um, you know, c- clearly we probably overbuilt the most of the body on frame products we have. So I'm not just going to pick on full size trucks, Greg, but sure. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lump in full size utilities and, and a lot of the mid-size pickups that are that are popular these days in there as as kind of the, the the body on frame products. Clearly, I think we overbuilt them. Days to turn or retail velocity for a lot of body on frame products is pretty high. There are some truck brands that are that are um, you know ninety to hundred days to turn, and it's not because those trucks are undesirable. It's just that some of those brands got kind of caught with a, a rapid rise in interest rates and they built a very rich uh mix i mean everyone did it basically in, in in totality and thus you know when payments started to become you know 1200 1300 a month on 84 month financing packages for those really highly equipped trucks clearly they they slowed down but we, we will work through that uh, and and will reduce that inventory, and thus it, it will it will increase the um, the amount of more modestly equipped uh, products that are available in these segments. I think the manufacturers have responded to that, and they do still want to build, obviously, you know, fu- fully equipped vehicles because it's most profitable them to them. But I think there's there's a realization that well, you know, when, when you when your your average 84 month financing rate is is six and a half uh, percent and that's with a little bit of subvention from, from the manufacturer when it's it's an average of six and a half percent the financing charges or the or the borrowing burden is enormous to consumers and consumers will start start to notice this so th- how they will react is probably one of two ways they might not buy a new vehicle and wait or they're still going to buy a new vehicle, but they might alter their choice to get a lesser equipped variant of the vehicle they were intending to buy, or they're going to switch segments and shop down market. And you can see that in some of these body on frame segments, manufacturers are starting to equip some more modestly uh, equipped vehicles out there, making sure that they're building, you know, a few more of uh, of those so they're available to kind of keep the, the sales pace uh, going. But clearly, you know, based off of first half performance, you know, th- this isn't a, a disaster. It, we're we're still selling a, a pretty a pretty fairly well equipped mix of vehicle out there. Uh, you mentioned uh, the sales velocity or the days to turn. You mentioned large trucks could be pushing 100 days. How's the industry in general when it comes to that sales velocity? The numbers in general, 39 days to turn in the first half of this year versus 25 days to turn okay. last year versus 56 days to turn two years ago. Does this tell you there's more inventory and same demand or less demand? Exactly. We know there's more inventory out there. Thus, by default, uh, your your retail velocity is going to slow a little bit. The key point is we're still turning in in 39 days to turn in the first half. That's still really good. You know, uh, like our our standard would have been about 70 pre-COVID. You know, 2021, everything was all over the map when we were at 56 days to turn. But we know 2022 is when product really dried up. When we were doing 25 days to turn, everyone kind of started, you know, building really expensive trims and we're still working our way out of that. Uh, But at 39 days to turn, the key message here is we're still turning pretty fast. Thus, 
the, the conversation now naturally turns to, well, is this the new normal? Is this now where we want to be? We don't want to go back to 70, 65, 70, 75 uh, days to turn as an average. And thus, you know, are we, are we planning to keep inventories, you know, kind of artificially low? And that, that's, that's a fair, a fair question to, to ask. Our answer to that, or our opinion on that would be, well, you know, the vehicle sales is a highly competitive uh, market. And while no one probably really wants to go back to having that much inventory where it's it now takes a dealer more than two months to retail uh, a unit, you could see us falling into that old trap because everyone's chasing one of two things, profitability or share. And as soon as a manufacturer starts to eyeball share a little bit more, there's only one way, you know, you go after share, you have to build units and you have to get them out there for sale. Tell me which segments are hot and which are not and why you touched on maybe some people drifting away from full size trucks because of the price. Uh, what else is hot and what else is not? You'll laugh, Greg. Th- this is kind of funny, but it's 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 a question you, you simply answer with one word. Cars. Really? What, uh, what, whatever is a passenger car is hot. Now, I will qualify by saying that compact SUVs and subcompact SUVs are are also hot right now. So what are they small? Uh, Anything's yeah, yeah, essentially <laughs> wherever wherever fuel economy is high, uh price is low and financing burden is low. They're pretty hot. So ironically, uh cars are hot. Now, we're not saying that there's going to be a cascade of consumers dumping <laughs> utilities going back into passenger cars. Uh, mainly because simply there's not that many choices anymore, so that that actually can't happen. And Canadians are are well ensconced, you know, in in their in their utilities. Uh, but you know, it's it's all the smaller stuff. It's you know, it's subcompact utilities. It's compact utilities. Number one segment in Canada. Better value for for your money than uh, mid-sized utilities, which are now increasingly, you know, fifty, sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars for those beasts of burden. That we, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, people in the um, in the '90s kind of g- grew up with those uh, mid-sized utilities. Uh, the action now is on uh, compact and subcompact. Greg, we literally can't build them fast enough. And then, surprisingly, cars, compact cars, stalwart compact car segment, whatever's out there is doing pretty well. And when, when I say they're doing pretty well, uh, we're not just talking about absolute sales numbers here, right? We're we're talking about well. How much incentive do you need to put on it? How quickly does it turn? Well, what front end margin does a dealer make on it? And it's those numbers that are telling us, hey, these things perform pretty well. So brands that have them or can build them, they're getting some pretty good retail performance out of those midsize and compact cars again. What about electric vehicles? I've written and posted some stories of late that suggest interest is waning. Is demand waning? What are you seeing in the EV segment? This is a tough one, Greg, because I've read your stuff. There, there's a lot of other articles as well out there about you know this kind of wallowing in, in EV demand. I got to put this bluntly. We don't see it. We don't see it from the franchise dealers and from the traditional manufacturers that there's any slowdown to note of in EVs. Generally, uh, we're still early in, and, and I know that's not, a comment that that's thrown out there a lot, but 
when you're 4% of, of the, or I'm talking pure EV, we're not including any, any form of hybrid. Right. You know, when you're 4, 4%, when you're under five points of the market, that's still early adopter stage. We're still getting the uh, people that really want an EV buying one, and they're still having to wait in, in some instances, in many instances, to buy one. They turn faster than ICE cars or combustion-powered uh, cars, but they don't turn as fast as hybrids. From what we can see, EV demand is still very strong given the retail performance of the car for the manufacturer and for the dealer, and also given the supply of them. Don't forget, there's not still a lot of them out there, right. and they are difficult to build because of the massive increase in, in the cost of the raw material we've seen over the last um, over the last year. Uh, and and we're still working through some supply chain disruptions, specifically on um, on on the EV side. So, Greg, like r- honestly, right now we don't see it. We don't see that that has slackened at this point. Is it a, is it a case of you know, we hear from dealers who say no one wants an EV, but those dealers are located in provinces that don't have an incentive for EVs. And I'm talking mainly the prairies. Are the sales of EVs in BC and Quebec really driving the overall numbers because they're selling so many more than the prairies in Ontario? Yes and no. Okay. And So I'll say yes, they are driving the market for EVs in Canada. However, I will argue that retailer performance for an EV in Ontario, so from the dealer's business perspective, is just is is nearly just as good as BC and Quebec. Okay. Because we're still, I'd argue, in an early adopter stage. The people that really want them really want them, and if they live in Ontario, they're, they're, they still really want them, and they're still going to uh, to buy them. We're not yet at at mass adoption stage. And we don't know what will happen once EVs are trying to penetrate the, the 10% threshold, then the, the 15 and 20% threshold, and so on. And you know, we'll see how, how consumers uh, react to them. Uh, but right now, uh, we haven't seen a slowdown. I, and I should say, I should qualify, Greg, that's strictly on the new vehicle side. Right. On the, on the used EV side, yeah, it's, it's still the Wild West out there. And we've seen a lot of pullback on used EVs specifically in Canada. A lot of pullback. Robert, fascinating stuff as always. I'm a numbers guy, a former sports reporter, so numbers tell a ton of stories. Uh, You always bring a cache of numbers, and I appreciate it. Great chat as always. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's always fun talking with you, Greg. Uh, Anytime. Thank you. I'd like to thank Robert for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.